started. We've been talking about how we're going to start for like 20 minutes. Okay. We're no. experts. <laughs> well, welcome uh, once again, dear listeners, to We're No Experts, a podcast that we like to describe as an uninformed search for truth. I'm Jonathan Hamilton. I'm Jim Martin. And today we're talking about what, Jim? Uh, we're going to talk about um, unexpectedly coming into some money. Okay. Specifically, five million dollars. And and is there a reason why five million is the number that we're? Because I think it's enough that'll make you. The the, the number isn't it doesn't have to be five million. I just kind of came up with it a little bit off the cuff to as it seemed like enough to make you decide what should I do with this? Like if you come across $10, whether it's on the street, you might just pocket it. If you come across a wallet, you're going to turn it in, hopefully do the right thing, right? I hope most of the people listening, I I, I know you would, I would. Sure. Right? But if you come across $5 million, it makes you think twice, right? Um, Now, I guess the the question is, where and when are you going to come across $5 million? Yes. Right. And I think that's the the big part. And I thought about this uh, for a little bit, I, and and I don't think you're you know if if you're digging on the beach, I think people use uh, metal detectors and find things that are worth money. And then sure. I think you're allowed to keep it in that sense. I'm, I'm no expert. I didn't look this up. It's, it's There's no research done on my part. Legal precedent of finders keepers. Something like that, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and. Uh, if you were walking down the street uh, in downtown and there was an armored car truck and the back door was open and there was just, you know, those bags with the dollar signs on them, yeah. you probably wouldn't just grab it no. and run, right? Like, no. So this isn't that. Okay. I came up with a couple ideas, but that's not really important. I think the idea, something I thought of was if you rented a car. You go to you're at the airport and you pick up your car from Avis or Hertz or whatever doesn't matter. Okay. And they give you the keys and you go out and you're putting your bag in the trunk. Mm-hmm. And there's already a bag in the trunk, and you look in it and there's five mil. What do you do, right? Like what? at this point you haven't committed a crime. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think if the idea being that maybe if you were to keep it, you could potentially be committing a crime, but. You know, you're not trying to cover anything up yet, right? You're, however, you've come across this money, you ha- you still haven't committed any crime. You haven't robbed a bank. You haven't done anything wrong. Now the ball's in your court. It's up to you to decide what do I do that I found this money? Do I try to do whatever you might think is the right thing? Sure. Um, so if we want, we can stick with the rental car idea. Like, do you take it in and you just give it to the guy behind the counter? Hey, I found this five mil in the trunk. Yeah, I think you'd have to, right? Because that that specific scenario, uh, the rental car company knows who rented the car before you at the very least. And that's like your best bet of making Fuck sure that, the money... the guy behind the counter is going to keep that shit then, right? Oh, maybe. I don't know. But but I guess I guess for the purpose of not getting bogged down in a discussion of uh, the morality of, of, of stealing money, we have to agree that it has to be a situation where you find the money... And you do not have any immediate avenue towards finding out whose it is, right? Like you're sort of in a position where you can leave it or take it. But in any case, it either becomes yours or you just pass it by, right? Maybe. I guess you could always take it to the police or something. But I guess the point for me is... We'll never go to the police. There is an... 
at this point, I, maybe your morals are a little better than mine. I'm thinking, this is a lot of fucking money, man. Do I yeah. keep this? And I guess maybe the question for you then is, maybe it's a different amount of money. Maybe it's a little slightly different scenario. But if you're going to, if you come across a certain amount of money and you're thinking, do I keep this? Then what? Yeah. Okay. So in the rental car scenario, um, and, and we'll run with that. Uh, my immediate concern, if I did decide to keep it, is going to be whose is it and are they going to come after me? Yeah, I thought that same thing right away. Right? Because, yeah. uh, look, no one's leaving. We're talking cash, right? Yeah, no. yeah. Okay. It's, I don't, not, it's not a traveler's check. I, I'm not a big enough baller that I know how much a million dollars weighs, but I have to imagine $5 million takes up a little bit of space. Are we talking like $1,000 bills, stacks and stacks here? Oh, I don't know. I didn't think about it's that. It's enough yeah, that I don't you know can how much space it, it takes up. Yeah, right. I guess. Okay. Sure. It's yeah, enough, fits it's, in a suitcase. <laughs> yeah, sure. Fits in, it might be a big suitcase, but it okay, fits in a suitcase. Um, if you know how much a million dollars weighs, I guess, let us know. Tweet it up at NoExpertsPod or uh, email it in to mailbag at NoExpertsPodcast.com. Um, and, uh, and if you have some trivia about different denominations and all that, that's fine. Um, I don't really want a dissertation on it, but, uh, anyway, so we're talking, it's enough to carry off. And, and my concern is someone's going to probably come after me for it. Right. If it's the rental car thing, cause they'll definitely know they left it in the rental car and they could definitely call the rental car company and find out maybe, uh, like who got the car after them. Right. And even if there's, even if you want to say like Avis or Hertz isn't going to be like on, you know, giving out my information, we could bribe the guy behind the counter. Yeah. To get five million back, I'll give that guy a thousand. Why not? Or the kind of guy that carries around five million dollars in some kind of, you know, whatever briefcase, suitcase, duffel bag is probably going to go even further than just bribing the guy. Yeah. Right? I, I, I mean, I think at gunpoint, whoever was working behind the Avis counter is going to. T- Tell somebody who uh, who rented the car. Yeah, it's them. not worth dying over. Um, <clears throat> so that that's a whole other dimension, though. Like, never mind the morality of it. You've got to wonder: Is it safe for you to take the money? Right? I gotta feel like if I'm taking that money, it's got to be free and clear. And and paradoxically, I think the morality: the more money it is the better off you are morally or ethically speaking than it would be if you found someone's wallet. Because someone who loses $5 million probably doesn't need $5 million. Whereas someone who loses 100 like everyone's going to feel that unless you're just like obscenely wealthy to begin with. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'd agree with that, I guess. Um, I didn't really think about it from that that perspective. I was kind of coming more from the angle of Let's say I decide to keep it, assuming I think I'm maybe safe for nobody to come after me, you know, like for whatever reason, I get the idea in my head, you know, this probably doesn't belong to some kind of, uh, you know, mafioso. Right. Exactly. Then what do I do as far as, I don't know, uh, I, can I just take this to my bank and deposit it? Is oh, it? yeah, no, absolutely not, right? Right. Yeah, no. Okay, so, okay, $5 million is a great amount to settle on because you're talking about what is, for most of us, a life-transforming amount of money that is also an excess of money. Like, I could be set for life off of 
one million dollars. Yeah, I'm not. I don't even know what I'd do with five million. Right. right? It's enough that I'm pretty sure I could. I mean, a lot of people are going to probably. We're going to get comments on this. That's like you can't. You can't retire for life off five million dollars or something. But you're out of your mind. Yeah, I think I can too. Yeah, for sure. I feel pretty confident in it. Um, but but it's a it's a transformational amount of money. But it's also like such a burden, right? Because suddenly, if you go and deposit five million dollars. Well, you know, the bank's reporting on that to the IRS. You're getting taxed on it, whether you like it or not. You know, that's why people engage in money laundering, right? They, they want to hide their assets. They want to hide exactly where those assets came from, you know, break up the, break up the trail. And I think that um, if, if my time watching uh, movies and true crime documentaries has taught me anything... It's that money laundering and, and hiding assets are uh, skills that people expect to be compensated for. So you find $5 million, if you want to effectively and safely hide it, you've really only found like $2 million probably at the end of the day. But even then, man, how do we find somebody to get to launder the money for you? I mean, I don't, I don't just know a money launderer. All right, well, let's, let's, let's come at it from this angle. If you found $5 million, who would you tell? My wife. Okay. All right. Anyone else? No. Okay. Not at first. Yeah. Eventually, sure. Yeah. Probably just other family. Yeah. I'm not, I'm probably not telling anyone but my wife. And uh, what would I do with it? So it's cash. So you got to secure it. So I'm going to want to hide it somewhere mm, close by. Um, I don't want it to get burnt up in the case of a house fire, so I might do something. This is where people mess up, I feel. You go out and buy a fireproof safe out of nowhere. Oh, come on. Like, that's... Is this... I guess maybe... Let's say it's money that, for some reason... I don't know. I just tell you flat out, hey, dude, here's $5 million. I'm going to give it to you. Like, okay. Just right now. Here, But but not during a recording of a podcast. Sure. Because yeah, other people will hear this, hopefully. Right. You know, all of our all of our listeners out there. You've sworn to secrecy, by the way. Sure. So here's your five million dollars. Now, it's not legit. Yeah. Like this You're money. You're telling me this upfront. money is dirty. Okay. Right? You can't pay taxes on it. You can't you can't mm. try to claim it. Like you can't even go spend it, right? Because potentially it came from, I don't know, a fucking bank robbery or something, right? That but for I don't know whatever reason, like somehow morally you should feel in the clear. Um yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to explain this in, in a way that's going to make you feel in the clear because it's probably going to conflict you morally. Uh, uh, so now you're in the situation where it's like, okay, I have this money, yeah. but I got to do something with it, right? right? Like what can you do with that money? Right. So I can't really, I can't realistically put that money in my credit union savings account and pay my bills with it. And you probably can't even go around spending it in cash, right? Or even like, fuck, even if you did find it, I'd be a little worried. Can I spend this? Like, if I find that money again in the, I don't know, just anywhere, like if I find the money and I feel like this is my money, it's just, I open my attic in the house I bought, you know, which I haven't been into in years and I'm mm-hmm. rummaging around and I find that money up there yeah. I still feel a little weird about spending that money. Yeah, maybe. Like going in, the first time I go into a store and I hand, you know, whatever, one of those bills over, that feel, I'd be like, man, is this, I don't even know, is this fucking counterfeit? What do I do with this money? I, so I think what I might do if I wanted to use some of the money is mug people and they would give me their money and I would give them some of the money that I can't use back. And then that's a really stupid idea. Yeah. That's probably not going to (laughs) work. Yeah. 
What if you <laughs> uh, you could try to convince people to to give you an exchange that would be favorable? Like, hey, man, what if I give you, you know, $10,000 and all you have to do is give me you know, 5000 back? Hmm. It's going to seem pretty shady. And, I mean, then you're just kind of fucking over that other person, though, if you think this money might not be, you know. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's necessarily counterfeit where it's like, you know. Well, they've, they've got the serial numbers, right? Yeah. It came from a bank robbery. The bank has the serial numbers of all the bills and... It's it's D.B. Cooper's long-lost, uh, you know, money that he jumped out of the plane with. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, that that money's probably... Somewhere there's a paper with those serial numbers on it, right? Just certainly before they gave that to you. Are you familiar with the story? Yeah. Okay. If you're <laughs> Everyone, not familiar with the Everyone's familiar story, with the story, right? The greatest unsolved crime in the history of U.S. aviation, possibly in aviation worldwide... Right. I think that was like two hundred thousand dollars. That they the FBI still has a, uh, a big bounty out on it, right? Or not a bounty, but they have like a uh, uh, they still have like a monetary uh, prize for information leading to the resolution of that case. Yeah, maybe that's a good example. I mean, in today's dollars, that's worth you know five million or something. But if I felt pretty confident that this was his money, I wouldn't feel that bad about keeping it or trying to spend it. But the question is. I think that was only a couple hundred thousand, if I remember right, which isn't enough to really make me, you know, <clears throat> go crazy. But if it was five million, then, yeah, I'd probably want to try to keep that somehow. And I think you hear on, again, going with these TV movies, you know, things like that. Yeah. Can I take it to a bank in Switzerland and try to deposit it? Yeah. I mean, I'm a middle class dude. I can, without paying the pilot and in out of the actual $5 million, I can probably afford a private jet. I don't have to try to take this through TSA, right? I can so, I can hire a pilot to fly me to Switzerland. And then once I'm there, I can take that cash. But I don't think I can just walk into a bank and be like, I'd like to open an account. Well, wait, how are you, you? Wait, how are you getting through customs? I don't know. Do you have to do that, that when you're on a private jet? I've never been on a private jet. Neither have I. Maybe for $5 million, I'd start taking private jets. I don't know, man. That's a, that's a good question. Um, I, I think, though, that it kind of breaks down uh, before you even get to the point of getting on the plane, though, because, like, you mentioned the TSA. Post 9-11, there's, uh, there's, like, controls in place in the banking system, from what I understand, that, um, that flag all deposits over a certain amount for review. And I think that, uh, that some, some different nations have, have treaties with the U.S. to report on stuff like that. Yeah, you know I thought I mean? that's why, I like... Switzerland's known for their neutrality and everything, including banking. Well, right? I think the thing about the Swiss bank account, like you always hear in, in pop culture and shit, is that it's not um, like the accounts weren't tied to personally identifiable information. Yeah, yeah, you see, get like I don't a think number. I'm gonna. I still don't think I'm gonna go there. Like take the risk and flying yeah. or walking in with the fucking bag and be right. like, hey, I'd like to open an account. Right. What you need is, I guess, of course, I haven't done any research because that defeats the purpose of our show. But obviously, uh, if I were to fly to Switzerland, I would probably Google that shit at the bare minimum. Oh, and you'd be flagged right away, right? (laughs) Like, we're going to be on a list as soon as this shit hits the internet. I do it from from someone else's computer. Well, here's... Okay, so here's the thing. Yeah, from the public library. I think part of the solution... I think part of the solution here is... What do you ultimately intend to do with the money? And that should inform the way that you launder it i want to live off it 
Yeah, I don't I don't need all that money to live. And, all right, well, and, let's say... Um, I guess you still can't just give it to charity either, man. No, like, but you, you can't can, do you can't do much with it. But you can give you can give relatively small amounts of it to a lot of people. You could do direct uh, direct gifts. Just go up and give people a hundred bucks, two hundred, five hundred, a thousand bucks. You're so fucking altruistic. Dude. I don't, but I don't need five million dollars. <laughs> what the fuck am I ever right. in my life gonna do with five million dollars? Right? Like I am capable of earning uh, enough to have. Like a comfortable lifestyle. There are very few things I want to do that I can't afford to do, mostly because I don't really want to do anything. And I don't want the burden of wealth. Like, never mind my personal feelings about the morality or the, the evils of, of acquiring wealth and wealth for its own sake. Like, I don't know, man. It just seems like a lot of work having money. And I personally would get more enjoyment out of being able to sort of selectively enrich the lives of the people around me. You know what I mean? Like paying off people's uh, car loans or paying off, you know, someone's got a, you know, some court costs or, or got to pay a lawyer or something like that, you know, buy some diapers. Who gives a shit? Well, do you think you could give away this money? Is this like a Brewster's Millions situation, though? Like, uh, I need to give it away. or Oh, you haven't seen it? I don't think I have. Okay, Brewster's Millions. We'll post an Amazon affiliate link so you guys can rent it. <laughs> but anyway, so the idea is this dude gets all this money, and it might be $6 million. I don't know. I haven't seen the movie in a dog's age. But uh, he's the stipulation is that if he doesn't spend it all... Within like 24 hours, he has to give it back or something like that, right? So he's wealthy and can spend a lot of money, but he's got to actually spend it and get rid of it. Otherwise, he's on the hook. You know? Spending a lot of money on your own, if you just have to spend it, is pretty easy. Well, you think that, right? But again, uh, think about like your big purchases that would actually eat up a lot of money, like yeah. buying a boat or something like that. Yeah, there's like insanely expensive yachts, right? Yeah. Like there's some that are, I don't even want to guess, but... Like, yeah, I, I, that's the biggest expense I can think of off the top of my head. Even so more think than about house. it. Your name is on that. You know what I mean? It has to be like registered to you. You're going to be taxed on it. You're going to be uh, having to wait for all this like paperwork and stuff to process. You know what I mean? Like it would be tough, especially with this illicit money that you can't really spend. You know what I mean? It would be tough to get rid of it all unless you were just sort of indiscriminately giving people cash handouts and whatnot. Now, I myself, I wouldn't be indiscriminate about it, right? I'm still going to want to make sure that I'm not causing more more trouble than I'm helping solve, right? They say, more money, more problems, after all. I think I've heard that before. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I don't know. Like, did we, we didn't have an episode where we talked about panhandlers and shit, right? We just recorded some for that. Oh, yeah. About- that was about uh, um, which kind of... What what an appropriate thing to give somebody that's panhandling is as far as leftovers from a restaurant. Well, go. That's how it started, but I think we got into <laughs> a larger discussion about um, you know do you pay and do you ever give money and if so why or why not and uh, and I don't know like I don't I still don't think it would change my feelings on panhandlers like I'm I'm probably still not going to go around giving money to those people or at least not just putting it in their their hat or whatever when they come up to the car. But it would be more like, you know, listen, let's uh, let's get you a short-term lease and cash it out up front, you know, or something like that, where it's not my name on it necessarily. 
but that gets rid of that might end up being hard though too you think so yeah man you can't just walk into a place and be like i want to lease a place for this other person and i don't want my name associated with it at all but i'm the one with the money why do i but why do i need to be the one with the money why can't i just say okay walk in there and then when you need to pay the deposit you come back out with all the paperwork i give you the deposit first and last month's rent and by the way once you bring me the signed lease i'll give you the rest of the money for the length of the lease like i feel like that's workable yeah, maybe, or yeah, I guess it depends the place. I mean, so like, so like, I think I think certain places are gonna be like, nah, dude, you can't just pay your whole lease up front in cash. Well, but it's up to the it's up to the person in question at that. point. Yeah, you can probably find a place on Craigslist that's gonna take that. Yeah, and, for sure. Yeah, and it, it might even work out just fine in the end. Like, I, okay. I, I mean, from experience, I know people who've had uh, you know individual leases on a multi bedroom apartment where one of the bedrooms wasn't leased. And they sublet, you know what I mean? There's no there's no actual paper lease. They're just taking money off of some sap who doesn't yeah. know that it's individual leases. Yeah, you're right. I'm sure you could make it happen if, if you wanted to. It Absolutely. Would, yeah, you can you can you could find that situation probably anywhere in you know, any city in the US. Yeah. So okay. Absolutely, I think. Um so I don't know, that's kinda that's kinda like how I feel like I could do the most good with it if I decided to keep it. And keeping in mind all of those complications that would prevent me from doing anything that directly benefits me with it, right? I feel like I'd want to get rid of it as soon as possible anyway. The one thing that I might You wouldn't want to try to keep enough, whatever your small amount is that you've somehow determined, you know, maybe crunch some numbers and decide, what do I need in order to live off of this? I don't know. Maybe maybe you do come up with it's exactly one million dollars. Even I don't know. Maybe it's five hundred thousand. Yeah. Who, I, who I, knows? Who cares? Right. I wrap it up and I hide it somewhere and I never touch it unless I absolutely need it. Right. And then you're cool with again. But what are you going to do? Just go spend it at places and just be like, okay, well, I mean, again, you can't. You're making somehow your you can't claim it on your taxes. So somehow you have a house. That you, you can't pay off. You're going to have to still pay your mortgage every... You know what I mean? Well, like, you can't live off of, this money. Well, like, it's going to throw a lot of red flags in, in any situation. Well, let's think about this, right? Let's think about um, why can't I spend the cash? So we're, we're saying... For whatever reason, that you're worried feds, that it could be... Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, my, my concern is that the feds have the serial number and somehow that cash is being accounted for, somehow scanned, and they're going to be like, oh, fuck, somebody spent $3 of that money that was stolen in 2018 at Walgreens. Yeah, that's right? exactly it. And they're going to come to my local Walgreens and do what? They're going to say, well, it came from the till on this day. Oh, they're going to start tracking you? Is this, I don't know, because this well, that's, I'm, I'm, talk, the movies, I'm talking right? it out. This is the content. I'm talking it out. Oh, okay. So they're like, so they're like, um, it was on this day from this deposit, so let's get the security footage if we got it. Here's everybody that came in, cut it down. Here's everybody who paid cash, and then what? They can identify me maybe from the video and do what? Am I even still here? You know what I mean? Like Walgreens doesn't know where I live necessarily. They don't. You know, I, I feel like you could get away with spending it in small amounts in places. And spending it on stuff that um, isn't a large purchase by any means. Now, it might take me forever to actually spend all that money, I guess. But, like, you go overseas and spend cash or do currency exchange. You know what I mean? In, in relatively small amounts, too. So you could use it while you're traveling and stuff. I feel like it's, I feel like you can work the problem. 
But you're right, I'm not paying off my mortgage with it. But I can pay off my mortgage with all the other money that I don't have to spend on dumb shit like going out to eat and video games and all that. Because I could certainly spread that money around at retail. What do you think? Yeah, I guess it'll work. I mean, I don't, I don't see any reason why you can't do that with it. You know, uh, I recently saw an episode of, from season two of The Simpsons mm. where Grandpa Simpson comes into. For those of us who are new to the show and aren't familiar, Jim is doing an epic rewatch of The Simpsons from season one on in chronological order. Uh, like one or two episodes a night max. Yeah. Right. Okay. So we're season two. This episode you've watched. I couldn't tell you the name of the episode okay. uh, because I don't know, or even the number, uh, okay. which episode number it was from season two. But it's later in the season, and Grandpa Simpson has a girlfriend and at the retirement home, mm. and she dies and leaves him some money, uh, which they pretend like is a lot, but really it's only a couple hundred thousand. And then he decides what he needs to do with it. And he's got a line of people lined up and the news is there. Kent Brockman. Mm. And yeah, right. And uh, <laughs> reporting on it. And basically just all the townspeople, right? The, the, your usual recurring characters uh, trying to convince him to give to give them the money, right? Um, so anyway, that, that only gets uh, maybe halfway into the episode. But it turns out that none of them really had a good use for it. And he, he couldn't, he couldn't uh, uh, see it in himself to give it to them. That, like, that wouldn't make him happy. That wouldn't honor her legacy kind of yeah. thing. So I think in the end, he ends up just giving it to the uh, uh, retirement home he lives in anyway because it's kind of a dump. Oh, and making that's nice. it a little bit nicer. Yeah, it had yeah. a good ending. Yeah, so uh, I didn't give any spoiler alerts there, but <laughs> again, if you're still watching season two of The Simpsons, like I am, now you know how it ends. That was you drumming on the table, by the way, not me. Oh yeah, that's my bad. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, where so where are we landing on this? Um, I feel like if I made the decision to keep the money, it would not directly benefit me that much and I would be spending it on other people and I don't think I'm just saying that to sound good or come across as a nice person I honestly feel that that's how it would play out if only because that's the easiest way to get rid of it that actually adds good to the world and causes very little uh, undue stress for me yeah I think so it's that's good and that that certainly is noble and 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 I, I like yeah, I can see that you came to that conclusion. I get why. For me, I'd be tempted to, to make it work, right? Yeah. But I'm too scared to. Uh, so I, I, ultimately, I just I ain't, ain't going to pull it off. Like, I guess I'd start Googling some shit and see if I can figure out how to make it work. And when I mean that, I mean somehow I can keep the whole damn thing. Um, for the time being, anyway. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to spend $5 million, I don't think, in my life. But I'll certainly try to live off it for a while. Now, it's probably, I'm probably not going to figure that one out, right? I don't think I can figure out a way to keep to keep that money into, I don't know, live comfortably and not have to constantly be looking over my shoulder or concerned mm. over it. Yeah. So at the end of the day, you're probably off just just passing it up. Okay, so... What if what if you went the opposite direction? If you were to find five million dollars in, uh, like, you go fishing or something, and it's just on the bank of the river, right? 
how would you go about reuniting it with whoever lost it? Let's assume that that's the right thing to do. Let's assume that, you know, it's someone who has a genuine need for it and whatever, but you have no idea how to find them, right? What's the first thing that you might do? I probably would go to the local police department. Really? Whatever city I'm in, yeah. What else do you do? Isn't that the the thing to do? Take out an ad in the paper saying, I found it, that's all, and then a a phone number to your burner, burner mobile phone. Oh, man. That's a good, that's a good thought. Yeah. You think if you give it to the police, there's like, it just, somebody's keeping that thing, right? Well, I mean, uh, I don't want to like come out and be like an anti-police podcast necessarily, but never, ever, ever go to the police. Wow. And Jonathan, (laughs) not Ren, said it with authority. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. Um, But yeah, it's corrupt cops. Yeah, absolutely. Someone's just going to keep it or whatever. They'll seize it. It'll be civil asset forfeiture, man. That's how they do it. I guess if my concern is really trying to reunite it with its actual owner, then maybe that makes for a better question. Or possibly, like you're saying, this Brewster Millions concept where you have to keep it and you have to spend it. Yeah. Right? Maybe I should have taken that approach with you because it would have been better. If only you had seen the movie. Yeah. Right. I should have told you to watch Brewster's Millions before we uh, recorded the episode. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I probably probably could have... uh, (laughs) <laughs> went to my local uh, blockbuster and rented the VHS. <laughs> um, yeah, so assuming I don't go to the police, how am I going to try to reunite it with somebody? I, I guess, yeah, you take out a Craigslist posting. You think somebody who has $5 million to lose is reading Craigslist for it? Know, where the hell else do you put out the ad? Next door, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. You, don't you have to be on? Like, you have to live yeah, in that yeah, community. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you do. But, but like, I think the paper is about, is about the best bet, People right? People don't read papers. Oh, you know what might work is like a targeted Facebook ad. Because you can say, I want to target people in this income range, in this zip code. If you think they live around there, you hire a fucking... Plane. Private detective? Oh. Oh, maybe you could do that. Yeah. yeah. It's probably smarter. <laughs> I was thinking the plane with the, the banners. Oh, you get the yeah. Custom banner. Like at the beach, man. Yeah. Like people yeah. do that, right? Yeah. I mean, is, don't, isn't there somebody that's done like an elaborate, you know, proposal? Oh, for sure. Uh, and hired a plane, you yeah. know, to, to, to do the banner. Yeah, all the time. And, I mean, not skywriting. You're not no, like, no, no, yeah. No. Just, dra- just dragging the big ass banner behind the plane. Yeah. yeah. And, you can like, and then you can just message. say, I found it. And then you have your phone number. You're going to get a lot of fucking calls, though. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But that could be fun. Like, it just goes to voicemail anyway. Well, yeah. That's going to be a Google voice number. If you, if I'm going to get that day. It, it's like the longest banner. If you lost $5 million, please call this number and describe what each bill looked like. <laughs> it had pictures of dead presidents on it. Mostly. Would the, would the owner of a $5 million briefcase please report to the parking lot? Something. I don't know. That'd be a good problem to have, though. Even, even if you don't get any of the money. Like, let's... You, it's reasonable to think that you might get some small reward for it, right? But even if you didn't, that would be a fun problem to have. Because, well, no, because then people would rob you. Oh, fuck. What if you find it and it says in the damn briefcase, if you can figure out whose this is, you can keep half of it. This huh. money is clean and legit. And for whatever reason, you decide in your head to believe them. Mm. So now, you're, now your incentive is to try to find this person. 
But then why wouldn't you just keep all the money? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even I, even I, like the, the, the kindest soul walking the earth, apparently, would probably just keep the money if some cheeky bastard wanted to play mind games like that. I don't know, maybe because... The thrill of the chase. There's another note in there. It's, it says, <laughs> P.S. <laughs> if you decide to keep all this money, uh, you're being watched right now and I will murder you. <laughs> if, but if you just try to figure out who it belongs to and you can't in 24 hours, then, then you're, you're good. You don't, get right. to, you don't get anything, but you also don't get, you also don't get uh, murdered. Okay. Um, what would you do for $5 million, quite apart from finding it? If somebody was like, I don't know, hop on one leg for 30 seconds, I'll give you $5 million. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wouldn't you? Yeah, I think so. I guess it, I well, guess who I'd, wouldn't though, right? Well, but I'd question the motivation. Like, what could you possibly be getting out of this? You know, hop on my leg, for, hop on one leg for 30 seconds. For five mil, I would do most anything that's not illegal. Yeah, okay. I'm not going to go kill somebody for five million dollars. No, it's not worth it. Yeah. It's not worth it. But they say, I've heard before, I shouldn't say they say, I've heard somewhere before that the going rate for a hitman is like 5,000 bucks. Really? Yeah. Oh, that seems so how, low. How cheap a human life is, No right? shit. That's terrible. And that's in, that's in a developed country like the U.S., right? Imagine how much cheaper it could be some, like somewhere else. Jesus. That's a rugged thought. I shouldn't have even brought that shit up. Anyway, happier note. Um, yeah, there was some, somewhere else I was going to go with that, though. Um, not just what would you do for $5 million, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I lost it. Anyway, um, looks like we're at about the half hour mark. Do we have an idiom? I think we do have an idiom. Nice. Let's hear it. Uh, bite the bullet. Okay. So this would be like uh, when you have an unpleasant task that you have to do or something like that, and you just got to, you know, bite the bullet and do it, right? Biting the bullet, that usage implies to me that, um, what, that is biting the bullet supposed to help somehow? Or is biting the bullet the bad thing itself? You know, um I've always heard it used in the way where it's like, you're just going to get it over with. Yeah. I don't know if it helps. It's just kind of like saying, face the music. Okay. Right? Is there, I mean, they might be somewhat interchangeable, but I'm going to like, you, you got to get it done. So you're going to go, you're going to bite the bullet and just do it. Okay. Because face the music implies that it's negative for sure. Okay. Like so if this is just something you don't want to do, but like, you know, you did the crime. Now you got to face the music kind of thing. Whereas bite the bullet is, uh, yeah, you just, let's get it over. It might be like, I don't know, like getting that root canal you've been putting off. So, which you might need if you bite bullets. Right, yeah, that's, yeah. So what, okay, so whose bullet is it? Who's doing the biting? Like, where'd this come from? Right, what's the origin? Yeah, so we're speculating because we don't do research. <laughs> Obviously. All right, do you have a thought? Well, the thought I put into it was... Why would anybody bite a bullet? Well, okay. first of all, is it the bullet a metaphor? Because, you know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, breaking the ice, right? Led, yeah. me, led me down this 
path. And I thought, no, the bullet's not a metaphor. Because okay. what the fuck's it a metaphor for? Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I don't and think then biting would have to be a metaphor too, which, no, right? That's too, that's too, too much. So I think it actually must refer to biting a bullet. But why would you do that? People bite, you know, in, again, movies and shows and stuff, gold, gold, gold coins to see if they're real sometimes. I've seen that. Sure. Yeah. Right. We've all seen that. Is it, is it something like that? But I don't know. Why do you bite a bullet to see if it's real? Is it something to do with, okay. So first of all, I, I have very little experience with ammo or uh, guns in general. Okay. Is it something to do with like some kind of cheap ammo where you want to see if it's going to like, if it's legit before you decide to put it in your gun and shoot it, like it could backfire Hmm. and somehow that's a test. I guess I, I could see that. There's probably that's probably been a concern before in the early I don't history know how of firearms. Biting it would tell you that, though. Well, here's my thought. So, um, anytime, anytime that you talk about like like biting something, um, it, it's it's usually or when you see people like bite something, it's because they're doing something very painful. Right, like biting down on a leather strap so that they don't feel like a, a wound getting cauterized. Right. Yeah. And I think I think bite the bullet derives from that. And I think the reason it's bite a bite the bullet is, um, I'm gonna get mad specific and go out on a limb here. I bet it's some Civil War shit when people were getting like battlefield amputations, and the hardest thing that you could like bite on, you know, that you couldn't hurt, would be a bullet. Okay. That, so that occurred to me too, but here's why I, I, I don't think that that's okay. probably accurate. There's got to always be something else around that's got a little more give to it. That'd be better to bite on. Well, like usually it's, tooth, right? usually it's something like wood or leather, yeah, like you're saying, strap, yeah. right? Or you can actually like sink your teeth in a little without breaking your teeth. But right, but you can bite down on it for the pain. Okay. So okay. right, I mean, generally there's going to be something around a fucking stick, in, anything, right? Like you've got a piece of clothing, you can probably fold it up a bunch of times and bite on that. Like the last thing I'd want to bite on is something, you know, metal. So okay, but we we are supposing that this being an idiomatic use of the phrase that somebody for real was biting a bullet of some sort for some reason. That this is a common enough thing. Well, it has to, to lead to, again, the things I thought of, like, are you doing it to test if the ammo's any good? Yeah. It doesn't really play into the idea that it's a used to, thing. well, or to get, get it over with. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, that doesn't, like, those two things don't necessarily jibe. So. Huh. Jibe. Do you want to do a public service announcement on that real quick? Oh, that didn't tell people not to you, ever say you, jive? Yeah. You use your platform. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll, get your voice out there. Hey. The two or three people that happen to be listening, <clears throat> Jim's corner. If you if you ever use the word jive instead of jibe, just please don't. What's the difference? Huh? What's the difference? Well, one's right and one's wrong. No, no, no. But I mean, jive is a word, and jibe with a b is a word. What's the difference? When is one correct and the other's not? Well, in the way I just used jive, when two things don't uh, go together, they don't jibe yeah. with a b, okay. j i b e. Yeah. Jive is I don't know, like a jive turkey. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Like if you're if you're dive. if you're Jim Harbaugh, apparently, <laughs> then, then then you still use that term. Okay, in are, 2018. Okay, so this has been Jim's corner. Um, are we <laughs> or Jim's soapbox? Getting, getting, getting to know you. <laughs> so, are we looking up bite the bullet? 
unless you have any further thoughts on where maybe it, it came from, the only thing I could think of, and I hope it's not something like this, where it's just some author used it in a book and it's kind of one of those like it, it caught on, but it doesn't really necessarily like, I don't, yeah, but again, that, that, that's terrible if that's the case. You yeah. know, if it, you're right, it's some kind of fucking Civil War book where somebody used the term bite the bullet uh, in order for getting something over with, but it doesn't really have, it has an origin, but it doesn't really tie into the, 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 the usage for some reason. Okay. Okay. So. Oh, I already see what you got up. Fuck. You're right. No, 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 no. It's, it's not, um, it's not conclusive. Okay. So according to the bastion of all human knowledge, Wikipedia, um, to bite the bullet is to endure a painful or otherwise unpleasant situation that is seen as unavoidable. That's an interesting twist. We didn't really talk about that. That to bite the bullet, you, there's no getting around it. You, you're going to have to go through it. The phrase was first recorded by Rudyard Kipling in his 1891 novel, The Light That Failed. Now, uh, I'm not going to read this whole thing, but uh, basically it's, it's not uh, at all conclusive. So uh, it was suggested by the movie Bite the Bullet that biting the bullet meant using a shell casing to cover an aching tooth, especially one that had been broken and where a nerve is exposed. And in the film, apparently, they, they do that. Um, oh, it's a cap, like yeah, a crown. right. But to me, that doesn't jibe with the way that we use the idiom. And uh, by the way, bite the bullet, apparently, released in 1975. Come on, that phrase had been in use for nearly a century by then. Mm-hmm. There's no way that that's right, right? Um so this says, it's often stated that it's derived historically from the practice of having a patient clench a bullet in his or her teeth as a way to cope with the extreme pain of a surgical procedure without anesthetic. Though evidence for biting a bullet rather than a leather strap during surgery yeah. is sparse. Right. That's why there's no, man, that's terrible. No, again, I'm going, going back to, sorry for repeating myself. Nobody would do that. Yeah. So get this is it has been speculated to evolve. Uh, to have evolved from the British Empire expression to bite the cartridge, which dates to the Indian Rebellion of 1857. So check this out. Bite the cartridge derives from the act of biting open a paper cartridge containing gunpowder and musket ball in order to load contemporary rifles. And and so in that sense, if you know that you're going to have to fight, you know, fire your weapon, possibly take a life, possibly have your life ended, to bite the bullet is to accept that fact. Load your weapon, you know what I mean? I do. And let the chips fall where they may, which that one's an idiom too, but we don't have to discuss that one. That one I can at least buy into. That makes sense. I mean, I don't know about, like when I think of a cartridge, yeah, you're right. I think of more like, I don't know, is there a difference between a cartridge and a magazine or whatever? Well, a like magazine. It holds, it holds multiple bullets and you just... Put it in. That's yeah, a cartridge, that's right. right? Well, no, no, no. That's a magazine. Oh, shit. Then what's a cartridge? Well, a cartridge would be like an, in, <laughs> like an individual round of ammunition. Oh, okay. And in, and in the case of these rifles that they're talking about, you would have the gunpowder and all that in the little paper all wrapped up so that you could pour, pour it down the barrel. Yeah. And you like see, revolutionary you the, or Civil yeah. War era rifles. Right, right. Yeah. I like it, man. Uh, bite the cartridge. So, but, but this puts a little spin on it. It says... Refusing to bite the cartridge was a turn of phrase used by the British in India. Uh, one of the alleged causes of the Indian Rebellion of 1857 were rumors that the grease on these cartridges designed to keep them dry was variously pork or beef fat. 
Uh, and so your uh, your Muslim or Hindu soldiers then wouldn't bite the cartridge, right? I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know how how uh, how 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 likely that one is, but I dig it. I, I like the idea that it has has to do with you know biting open the paper, paper cartridge and loading your rifle. That definitely seems more plausible than actually biting down on it in order to endure pain. Yeah, for sure. Especially since it's better for your teeth, I guess. All right, cool. Um, any other closing words before we do the usual social blurb and all that? No, same thing. Hit us up at mailbag at noexpertspodcast.com. Send us some questions. We're, we're always looking for uh, new topics of conversation. If there's something you'd like to hear us talk about, it can be as ridiculous as you want it to be there's a decent chance we might do it. It can also be as serious as you want it to be, although I will remind you that we don't do any research whatsoever and uh, mostly just talk out of our ass about any given topic. Yeah, and we're not going to probably talk about something that you're also, that's also just happens to be, you know... In the news. Right. Yeah. Yeah, don't, <laughs> don't ask us what we think about, you know, kneeling for the anthem or something like that because it's not going to happen. All right. We'll, we'll see you again in two weeks.